Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. I am your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, Kim Crawl is here. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. Good. I'm excited for this. I have a little bit of a cold and no eyelashes on, and I'm subconscious, subconscious, self-conscious about it. Self-conscious. Yeah, I, in solidarity, also did not wear my eyelashes. And I, you know, I really appreciate that. It makes me feel less naked. Yeah, I mean, it's the least I can do. So this week, we are talking about a doozy yes. of a documentary. This is the first time we've delved into something this long. Six episodes long. It's kind of long, yeah. It's it's a little long. It It could have been maybe four, maybe three or four. I think. Yeah, because there was a lot of stuff that was like really dramatic. That was like, yeah, we get it. That guy's a nutcase. We don't need to keep circling back to yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that was too long. I agree with that. We're covering the curious case of Natalia Grace. Yeah. It's a fun documentary name to say. It is. It rhymes. That's fun. There's some alliteration in it. Beyond that, it's kind of horrifying. Oh, it's awful. It is weirdly reminiscent of the horror movie Orphan. And when you text me that, I was like, wait, just wait. Because like, that's what we thought. <laughs> and everyone I talked to, like, I hadn't seen this in like four separate people in four different places of my life recently were like, have you seen The Curious Case of Natalia Grace? It is fun to say. And they said exactly this. So like, well, if you watch it, make sure you have enough time to watch the whole thing and it will haunt you. I was like, I guess I need to watch this. And then I did. And yeah, boy, they were right. It, it's a complicated story. It involves a family, the Barnetts. Hmm, they yeah. seem like they were pretty well off at one point. They got a really smart kid named Jake, who seems like he's on the spectrum a little bit. I think he is. I think at the beginning, didn't they diagnose him with autism? I think Asperger's. Asperger's. Okay. Yeah. And he honestly, like, is one of the saddest, not the saddest part of the story, but one of, like, it, it, he was a really sad part of the story. He's he's a sad part of the story, but he's also, like, the good guy in this. Yeah. Kind of. Like, he's a, Jake's a good kid. Yeah. He's super smart. He does math for fun. I think, yeah. he, didn't he get his master's or some shit when he was like yeah. 16? Yeah. And he's young as shit still. Yeah. But there's footage of him giving a TED talk, like in his early teens mm-hmm. at one point. And it's about like quantum mechanics. Like things I'll never, I could read for a hundred years and be like, still don't really get it. And yeah. he's yeah. 15 or less. Yeah. And we don't have to. Like that's no. for people like Jake to get. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to take that job from him. I bet Jake would be a terrible podcast host. You know, we all stay in our own lanes. We all play our part. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Christine, the mom. It's hard to get a read on her by the end of this because she's not in it. Yeah. And so she gets painted one way, like one very specific way throughout the entirety of this. And then right at the end, there's a little, little bit of doubt as to whether she is quite as much of the problem as it seems. I think they're both. I don't think 
she's totally innocent and he's for sure not innocent. Like, I think they're yeah, both, like, there aren't a ton of good, good guys in this. There yeah. A lot of likable characters. Well, actually, That's there's just true. two really unlikable people. Everyone else seems to be just doing the best they can in a really fucked up situation. Yeah. Everyone else seems to be rightly horrified and confused by <laughs> what's going on here. And it seems, well, it doesn't seem like what's going on. What's going on is at one point in this family's history, they start like a charity for neglected children and they decide to adopt a child. And in true Hollywood movie fashion, they at first were going to adopt a sweet little girl from Haiti. Mm -hmm. But then that earthquake that happened in Haiti kind of ruined those plans and that all fell through. Mm -hmm. So then out of nowhere, they get a phone call from this sketchy adoption service in Florida. I believe. Yeah, I think it's Florida because I remember going fucking Florida. Just yeah. Florida. And they're like, hey, we heard you're looking for a kid. We got a kid for you. Her name's Natalia. And you got to come get her right now if you want her. And they, they're like, sure. And they show up and they they see Natalia for the first time. She is a cute as a button child who sort of has the face of a 37 year old. And it's confusing at first because, yeah, but, yeah. well, here's the thing. I'm talking about the documentary as it unfolds, not and you, as, as we in having seen the whole. Thing. But when I watched it, when I like, as it unfolded, I never was on team. This is a, not a child. I, the whole time not I was like, the, not even at the point where, the woman who set up a play date because her daughter had the same condition as Natalia and was the same age. And they show up and that woman was like, whoa, that is not a six year old. I mean, yeah, that a little bit. But like the earliest a, a little girl has like started to develop and have the hormones is six is a child like there's like getting a period like all that stuff. So I and I don't know. And, and with that, with dwarfism, a lot of times children have kind of the adult face uh, have an adult ish face. You know what I mean? Like if you look up yeah. other, so kind of, but yeah, it was that, it was that mom that kind of put the doubt in my head first. Like Christine, no, not Christine. The mom who brought her kid to me. Oh, right, right, right. The one who had the, because I mean, she had more insight into the condition Natalia had than anyone other than Natalia and her own child. So I found that, kind of convincing yeah at first i mean it was definitely like a whoa but it was still like i don't know man and they're also i mean you have to admit in the first few episodes they they are painting natalia as oh she's probably an adult and probably a very dangerous adult yes but didn't you ask yourself why like the only reason an adult would go into a situation like this is to continue to be supported and paid for so why right. would she then turn around and do a bunch of really scary sketchy sociopathic stuff when she's really trying to con these people into taking care of her as a six-year-old so that was kind of like what would be the end game like i because sometimes I, people can't control that kind of stuff i guess that's true or maybe that's how and sometimes maybe that's how she goes in and murders families but then there would be a trail of that right there'd be doc right. I, 
I mean, I don't think she's murdered any families, but they do talk a bunch about her, like, standing. Oh, no, I don't think she has either. I just mean, like, maybe that's her, like, you know, serial killers, like Gacy, like, you know, little boys, and he'd lure them in with his clown stuff. So, like, maybe she's that. But that, I mean, that's the only, I was like, what would be her end game to come in here and threaten, like, if she's a con woman? Why yeah, wouldn't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, that was sort of my whole. Yeah, but so what happens is one night they're giving Natalia a bath. She mm -hmm. is to the best of their knowledge. She is six years old. They got a birth certificate from Ukraine, which is where Natalia's from. And one night mom is giving her a bath and discovers that Natalia has full pubes. Like, I mean, they, they don't describe it, but the way they react, like it had to be pretty substantial. That right there kind of made me go, what? Like that made me start to sort of question it. But then I also am like a simple Google would tell you that that's not as uncommon. So if you saw that in your adopted kid, we have like a whole thing on our phones that tells us the knowledge of the, you know what I mean? Like, and the other problem in terms of why I didn't immediately reject the idea that Natalia was an adult is there's all those people from that hospital, all those nurses and staff from that hospital who are like, she was a fucking adult. Like they put her in the adult wing immediately. And I was like, I'm not a nurse. Like I wasn't in that hospital. Like I found that kind of stuff pretty compelling at first. And then uh, that I want to know more about, because you're right. Like, why did that happen? You know, and, and then also she was hitting on the male, pe the males that are older in a very adult way. But that also can, uh, it's hard not to give away stuff while we're talking about yeah. this, right? But in that same moment in the documentary where they talk about her pubic hair, she also has her period mm. at the age of six. And they're like, this is impossible, <laughs> which probably not impossible. Right? It's definitely not impossible. I Googled it. it it's, yeah. it's not uncommon, but it's not, you know, it's not like. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time but i'm sure it can it has yeah so it's not that's not the only thing where i'm looking at that like but what was confusing is they sent her to this ward or this hospital and the, the ward is like yeah she's a sociopath but we can't do anything for you so here is the psychopath i don't remember what they diagnosed her as or am uh, i jumping sociopath. ahead yeah. sociopath am i jumping it's ahead I, is that not he michael says that he's told by a doctor that they have to like keep her locked up in the house and like all this really extreme stuff. And this is the part where like before she even ends up in the hospital, this is the part where she has the meeting with the six year old kid who has the same condition as her. Mm -hmm. And that part, again, I found really interesting. And then they also like Natalia's six. She is like a few months removed from being in Ukraine and somehow no one at first questions the fact that she has no sort of accent at and all. Very American accent. That she was has odd. A super American accent. And when they ask her about Ukraine, she's just like, I don't, I don't know. And they bring someone in to talk to her in her native Ukrainian language. And Natalia's like, I'm not going to talk. Like she just refuses to talk. But that could like that, like going back to like if it was an adult conning, wouldn't she 
come up with a better story, like a language that she did understand? You know what I mean? It's just like all of this stuff is that of a child who probably ex- I mean, experienced severe trauma up until this point anyway, yeah. right? So like it, it wasn't the, the the accent thing was shocking, but also we don't know how long she'd been in the country. Like if yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like if I my parents are I was going to say London and but from London <laughs> and I'm born there. But then we bring me over at three. I probably I likely won't have like a British accent. You know what I mean? Like, so I still wasn't convinced. And then this is going to sound not pervy is the wrong word, because you obviously know that's not. <laughs> but like immediately when they brought up the like, well, she was in the bathtub. Like, what is she developed breasts? Why didn't we bring that up? Right. Because that. It does come up at one point. Though. But way later when she should be developing breasts, right? Like, right. When, yeah. Kinda, so yeah. that, so when the pubic hair happened, I was with a group of people and I didn't want to be like, what about her boobs? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll Google this later on my own. But I'm, oh, yeah, That's a safer bet. I'll Google yeah, this just do- old <laughs> kid's boobs later. I mean, I was going to Google her. <laughs> I was going to Google Natalia Grace's boobs or just tell you on a podcast <laughs> i didn't do it because obviously logic was like i don't think you should google that but... probably probably not <laughs> but but you know what i mean like that's i mean if she had a full thing of pubic hair wouldn't she have developed breasts at six you would think so and they didn't mention that that's... they didn't not at first <laughs> they do mention that she would terrorize her brothers by pissing and shitting on them which is so confusing because weren't they in the car when that was happening Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you do that and then there's video of them asking her about harassing her brothers and they ask how she was harassing them and she goes farting on them oh i feel i I have so much like love and sadness for this person also you have made me watch documentaries differently those two the two brothers not the ask not the asperger genius guy but the two younger brothers yes they were never in the documentary they were never like nothing at all and i was like they died and i was with someone and they were like what i was like most of the time when they're not in the documentary they died and my friend was like or they're minors why would you think both of them died and i was like right that yeah i just assumed they didn't want to be in it yeah, as soon as as soon as she said that, I was like, "All right, all right. Well, maybe I should stop assuming everyone not in the document." I thought Christine was dead too because she wasn't in it until episode five. I was wondering, are we going to find out she like killed herself or something? But now yeah. she comes around. All right. Also, Natalia would steal her brother's things and throw them in the street to try and get them to go run into traffic. Which it's Natalia very... definitely. I don't want to say not blameless. But she does seem like she was a handful. But also, like, a few things. One, yeah, you were like, we're going to adopt a disabled child from another country who's probably, like, that's going to be a handful. You know what I mean? Like, and two, there are three sides to every story. And we've heard one of the sides of the story. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. how much is this is real? But it did have, it reminded me of the good son, you know, the Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, is she? Yeah. Cause she starts, they find that she's hiding knives under her bed. And again, they find her standing over the bed with a knife. And it's really tempting to be like, oh, or what if they're just making that up? But there's also that, video where she's reading a bible 
and they ask her why she's reading the Bible. And she goes to get these evil thoughts out of my head. And they're like, what evil thoughts? And she's like, you know, hurting people. And they're like, why do you got to get them out of your head? And she goes, because I'll want to do them. That that is intense. It's intense. But also, we later find out some other stuff that you're like, well, I might be hiding knives under my bed as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so I'm like, yeah, a lot of her her behavior tracks for someone who is like stuck in a home like this. So, yeah, I... I'm not trying to st- by the way, in this moment, I was like, I was, I, I watched half of it and then went home and I was afraid to be alone because you're afraid Natalia was going to show up. No, but you know, like, like a, like a, like a child with a knife standing over your bed is one of the scariest things. What if she did show up? I'd be dead. <laughs> Probably. That, yeah. Probably. Yeah. If she found me with a knife. Why wouldn't that? There's only one reason. So there's there's a really important <laughs> there's a really important moment that happens early on where they take this family outing to like a dairy farm or something. Yeah. Fucking Hicks. Yeah. And there's an electric fence. And Michael Barnett is telling the story of what happened. He says everyone's walking. Christine is there. Natalia's there. He and his sons are there. And Natalia needs to like sit down or something because her legs. She has a a medical issue with her feet yeah. and like it's pretty severe and she has dwarfism. We mentioned that earlier. So she needs to sit. So Christine decides to stay with her. And the version of events they tell is that Natalia basically tried to drag Christine into this electric fence. And we get a few different versions of that story as this documentary goes on and it doesn't speak well to Michael's character. No. And we get a few different stories from Michael. Right. Also a tiny little girl or a little person, right. With dwarfism say we will, we will call her an adult at this point. Who has, If you watch her walk, how in the fuck was she going to be able to get a full blown adult into an electric fence? Yeah. There's another woman with dwarfism who actually tried to adopt Natalia at one point also who they interview in this and she makes that same point she's like we can't hurt you like you are adults we're tiny yeah hurl one of us across the fucking room if we tried to do something to you and yeah the the thought that Natalia could drag Christine into an electric fence is in retrospect pretty silly but the way they present it all in the first episode in this like horror movie fashion. Yes. They're like, well, who are they living with? Like you get caught up in the moment and you're like, oh, I bet she did try to drag her into that fucking fence. Yeah. And then you're also like, and she didn't succeed. So, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, so the all of us are right. She didn't succeed because she is little and she is like. Right. But my but Michael at first is like, we didn't hear anything at all. And then another story is like, we were 50. Like we were right next. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, his story changes dramatically at first i think in this version is the one where he says he went like 50 meters up and then they heard everything and he turned around and saw it and then there's a later version where he's like man i was like a mile into the woods by the time that all happened we were still running when the police showed up it's like that is a dramatically different version of i hope someone hits that guy with their car like i hope yeah something he deserves justice of some sort. Yeah, I, I like the car thing, but if you can come up with <laughs> something else. 
So the police do show up when this incident happens, apparently. And this is when she gets sent to that state mental hospital for long-term care. And she allegedly tells the doctors about how she's going to murder the entire Barnett family. And this is the hospital that transferred her to the adult wing. And they, they, this is the staff they talk to where a bunch of them are like, she is an adult, obviously. And they talk about her trying to have sexual relations with the other male patients. And it's really weird, but also it's brought up that like, Michael and Christine now have all of these doubts about Natalia's age and her being a threat. And if you're like, okay, there's an adult in my house who's maybe going to kill us. Why don't you call the police? Like they Mm -hmm. never really reported any of this. They were never like, hey, we think this kid's 40 and she's got a knife. And we have have three children. Come help us. Yeah. Instead, they're like, well, I guess we'll take it into our own hands that's that's the other thing like you're that it is like why didn't they why are there no documents of them and also i don't know much about adoption like the rules obviously i've never tried to adopt a human but you can you take it back if you or take them back if you're like i'm sorry this is not a fit for my family they're threatening us like what is the legal you know what i mean like yeah i mean there has to be some (laughs) kind of recourse i would think i don't know like, or even what like vice versa if they were if there's a family that's really abusing a kid and a kid calls and like when like is there like a 90 day period of like well you're not legally their parents anymore you're, you're not legally the parents so we can take you back do you know what i mean like yeah i think in that situation if a kid was to call there's going to be i mean ideally there would be some intervention but given i mean the child services child in- care in this country maybe not yeah it's very hard to prove that when you have two parents that are conniving you know what i mean that are able to like yeah so they never call the police also what was confusing and what the big hole in the story too was this mental hospital says she's a sociopath and they're like great help us and they're like yeah we're not gonna do that we'll send it back or we'll send her back to you that doesn't happen that doesn't happen mental hospitals that's what they're that's literally the only thing they're there for is to take in mental patients and help them right like no one's gonna send her away I was confused by that also. Like, I didn't think hospitals could do that. I didn't yeah. think the hospital could be like, this is out of our hands. You're going to you buy something though. on eBay to deal with this. We don't know. Locker in a room. We don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what they tell them. They're like, yeah, you is- got to keep her locked in a room. You can't give her free reign in the house. She's going to kill everybody in that but house. This is all Ugh. from the store, the perspective of Michael. All from Michael's perspective, which... That's important to keep in mind as you get deeper into this very long documentary. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Also important to keep in mind that the police do finally get involved, but it's because the neighbors call the police on the Barnett's because Christine at one point was trying to get Natalia under control and she couldn't. So in the name of punishing her, she made her sleep on the back porch and Natalia probably raised quite a ruckus and several neighbors end up calling the police and they're like, Hey, our neighbor's making their uh, disabled kid sleep on the back porch, which (laughs) it seems like a turning point. Seems like a weird turning point around that time. You're like, Oh, 
and you don't want to Google anything because you don't want to know. But you're like, yeah. I kind of think that these people might not be the good guys here. But then he says the cops showed up and they immediately realize that this family needs protection from Natalia. And this cop is like, you need to go get her date of birth changed on her birth certificate. And he's like, what? You can do that? And apparently that isn't that uncommon. For because, adopted kids from other countries. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes that information just doesn't transfer over properly and you have to adjust their date of birth. But it's usually two or to three the years. of about a year or two. Like, and also they said it's not that uncommon, too, for adoption agencies to shave off a couple of years to make a child more right, uh, per, like more like <laughs> why do I only have I was going to say more attractive to other <laughs> like what is happening? Hot, I think. Hot, yeah. Sexier for <laughs> adopted parents. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. like like people want to adopt a, 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 a younger a, child. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, man. Edit that out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> fine i know i know this is a it's a weird documentary to talk about because we're also like oh but what about her pubes and then i mean spoilers by the end it seems pretty clear she was actually a child she's a fucking child and if you and if you see her now when she is 19 she's 19 like there's definitely aging that took place like puberty and aging her breasts are developed that why am i bringing up that but (laughs) But I'm just saying like thing that's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And then like, yeah, so she is. So, yeah. So spoiler, she's a fucking child. And then there's also there's a woman, certainly a child. But there are still even people in this documentary, like neighbors who were like, no, she was an adult. You kidding me? It's weird. It's weird. But also, like, I get why they probably still think that, because if someone shows you something like is like, I'm this. You're not like, nah, like if someone moved in next door that was that had dwarfism and was like, hi, I'm Jennifer and I'm 30. You'd be like, nah, that's an eight year old. Like you would just be like, OK, <laughs> right? Like you wouldn't doubt anybody. And then like people coming over and bringing groceries, you're like, well, she is disabled. And like you said, like probably fucking lonely. So yeah. like you wouldn't no normal person would be like, nope. That's yeah. a child. You yeah, know, like, ah, come on, give them a little tickle. Yeah. And then if they <laughs> and if they live next to you for like a year, it's hard to un like I feel like the brain can't handle like if we knew her and we thought she was 30, and then it came out that the whole time we're having like co- adult conversations with her, she was like 12. Well, it's easier to believe that that kid was lying than it is that adults would go this far. You know what I mean? Like it just it's well, another thing that comes up, but just barely mm-hmm. and that and like we're skipping way ahead here, but yeah. I mean, not really. But it's long. One thing that I think would have also sold me on the idea that, hey, maybe she is an adult is Natalia was hitting on dudes like left and right, like very explicitly. But mm-hmm. As it goes on, it's like, well, is that an adult or is that a kid doing what she's seen adults do? Because that is a very common thing for younger, for kids who have been sexually abused to do. Because that is how they know to get love and attention. And they they don't get into that a lot because I, I think because they don't have a ton of information about her 
childhood. And her side of like, Michael's not going to be like, yeah, I was doing this. You know what I mean? Like, no one is going to admit this in this documentary. Yeah. Did you have did you ever have that suspicion throughout this? Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe got a little inappropriate because I we haven't really gotten to it. But yeah, there's there's a point in in this where like a, a switch flipped for me and I was like, oh, I think Michael might be having sex with this child but raping this child yeah, yeah, we're, ju- yeah. we're jumping ahead it's we're very jumping ahead public. yeah it's it's so yeah they oh wait so we we went back real quick the court changed her age because we jumped ahead like how did she get into an apartment they changed her age to 22 yeah well we haven't got there yet first oh sorry they call the adoption agency to try and you know get the ball rolling on getting her birth certificate updated and at first the agency won't tell him anything But then like a rogue secretary calls him back and is like, look in her backpack. And in the backpack, they find (laughs) her birth parents information. And it's interesting because they send an investigator out to talk to her birth mother and they don't talk to her in person, but they get her on the phone. And at one point, she says she's been going through this for 17 years. And that does actually line up with Natalia having been born in 2003 because she said that in 2020. Mm -hmm. So that is early on. You don't realize how damning that is early on, but it's, it's pretty telling that her mom is like, Oh, this kid for 17 years has been a bugaboo in my side. (laughs) That's also a sad story, but you said bugaboo. (laughs) Yeah, she describes it a little differently. It doesn't translate as as, as eloquently in Ukrainian. <laughs> right, right. And uh, and see, they interview Judith Irving. She also has dwarfism, and she wanted to adopt Natalia at one point. This is the woman that had dwarfism, too, at the beginning that yeah. we were talking about that was like, that's a fucking child. Yeah. And I have it in the notes. The picture they show when Judith is talking about Natalia she absolutely looks like a child. She's a baby. Yeah, she's a child. And she's got baby teeth. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, I, I think that speaks to perspective, which is a thing in photos. Like there's this really famous conspiracy that Paul McCartney died in a car accident in the in 60s. 1966. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it, but I just perked up so much. <laughs> <laughs> But there's all of these pictures that people use as proof or evidence. And like so much of it comes down to like perspective and lenses. Like there's a bunch of right now there's conspiracies about like Avril Lavigne being a different person or Eminem. And you'll see all these pictures and it's like, that's a camera lens thing. Well, have you also seen like on Instagram, like now the big trend with Instagram models is what they'll do is they'll take two pictures side by side and one they'll look like really curvy and thin and hot. And then the other one, they'll look kind of frumpy. And they're like, this is literally moments apart from taking it. It is perspective. It's angles. It's all kind of like, this is the same day, same moment. I'm just showing you how fake the internet can be or like how we can fake things by angles and, for a while, the Billy Shears and the Paul McCartney side by side was my screensaver on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know I'm kidding. That, or not. Please make that your screensaver again. <laughs> Just really confuse people. <laughs> Here's a question. 
when Dwayne and Robin Ferris popped up on the screen? Were you like, I've seen Robin Ferris somewhere before? You know, I didn't. She looked familiar, but I wasn't sure. And then when I saw your notes, I was like, oh, yeah. She yeah. Was an episode of MTV's True Life, which was such a good show. Oh, it really was it so much. She was on an episode called I Am a Little Person. And like, I was like, I know that face. And sure enough. And uh, yeah, they I got. You, how did you? Oh, I guess you just Google her name and then it comes up all the stuff she's done. I was like, how did you even find that information? Yeah, I literally just Googled <laughs> Robin <internet>. Ferris. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it as soon as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> and yeah, they got an email from like Little Persons of America or something like that. That was like, hey, you want this fucking kid? But the previous family that had her wanted them to pay all of her previous medical expenses also. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you're just trying to get rich. But yeah. they decide to go pursue it anyway. And they meet with Natalia and some woman named Diane in the middle of the goddamn woods at a murder cabin. This oh, is all weird. before the Barnetts get Natalia. And Dwayne has the God-given gift of discernment. Oh, I which, really didn't care for them. Yeah, because... Robin Ferris explains that everyone has gifts uh, from God, God given gifts, mm-hmm. and that his is he can tell when people are lying. And I mean, that's just like intuition. Mostly. Yeah, I think a lot of us were given that. Yeah. Yeah. By God, I guess. I think I, almost anyone who walked into this situation, I think probably would have been a little sketched out because, <laughs> I mean, for one thing, he says he could feel evil in the room, but. He said he could just tell Diane and Natalia were lying. And that Diane woman is the one we don't know enough about. It seems like if there was any kind of scam afoot, it started with her. But the adult. Yeah. 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 But we don't really hear much about her as this goes on. Like this is just kind of like Natalia's sketchy origin story, sort of. Yeah. And this is like her like take care, like keep her while they try and push her off on someone. Yeah. And so he says he could feel evil in the room and then he closes his eyes and he starts pointing at his temple and really dramatic music starts playing. And Kim, it is the funniest. <laughs> in this documentary. I love it so much. It's, it's so, so silly. So silly. It, have you ever done reality TV? That sounds N- like a not really. No, they're they ask you to do stuff like that like i was like i was supposed to i was in a show where they i was going to decide if i wanted to date some guy oh and i was like yeah i'm gonna say yeah and they're like can you though like make it look like you're really thinking about it and they're like just like wander in this room and look at various things for a long time like you're thinking about it and then when it was aired it was like this like very somber music of me just looking out the window being like am i gonna say yes to this man and like (laughs) none of that was real none of that was real it was all like do you mind just doing that for us for the cameras and i was you know i was 28 so it was like yes i feel like he wasn't coached I feel yeah, like, I think I didn't care for him. I was given discernment to not care for him. Yeah. And also, this is one of those moments where I was like, this could have been cut. Like, this, yeah, this documentary is getting a little long in the tooth already. And we're those like, two people, in. those two people were unnecessary. Like they didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that that was like also real quick. The neighbor, the original neighbor of the Barnett's, the woman that was in a bunch of American flag stuff the whole time. Uh huh. You could tell that they called her and was like, hi, we were wondering, yeah, I'll be there. What time? Like, uh, Yes. Yes. Anything, anything you need. I, I would love to do like, right. Like the whole time she was like, oh, yeah. whatever you want me to say, I'm in. So excited. So yes. excited. Yeah. 
but also right. who doesn't want to be on tv i guess that's true i've been on tv for some embarrassing things so i yeah. suppose yeah all right we live in la we're all jaded and shit you live where these people are and investigation discovery comes knocking of course oh, you're gonna yeah. put on your best american flag cardigan and <laughs> get in front of that camera yeah you're right all right but also these two families both swear that natalia was a child they're both like no question she was absolutely a child and then we get another version of the electric fence incident that's where this is actually i think the first time we hear natalia speak right yes it's the yeah. end of episode two and they're revisiting the electric fence incident and this is where we find out that michael for one the interview we've been watching took place in 2019 they cut to a 2020 interview and he seems like a completely different person. He seems Still like Still awful though. It seems well, like what sorry. <laughs> I was going to say completely different in that it seems like he's into meth now. Like yeah. he is hyper times 10. He like he seems unwell. He looks different, he looks gaunt and we find out a lot at the end of episode 2. One that he gave two different versions of this story. One where he says in 2022 he says he had no way to know how the police reacted to the incident at the farm because he and his sons were like a mile into the woods by then. But then in the interview from 2020 or from 2019, he says he got like 50 yards away when he heard screaming and turned around. And I'm wrong. The interview they cut to is 2022, not 2020. Yeah, it's like a few years. Yeah, it's like three years. Yeah. Don't they also interview the guy that was at the dairy farm that day and is like, yeah, none of that happened. Yeah, they interview him in episode three but at the end of episode two we finally hear natalia talk mm -hmm. and she's like I, th I think when i got up i kind of stumbled and fell into christine and she like freaked out like i was trying to push her into the fence and i think she's also like i can't push her into the fence yeah, well, how could i have done that i can barely walk and in that moment it struck me that like we hadn't heard natalia talk up to that point and it was kind of a bummer, like not hearing her talk was kind of a bummer, but having that realization that we're like an hour and a half deep into this story. And this girl who I expected to like, like we, we hear her in like little video clips as a kid mm -hmm. and she's, you know, like just saying, she'll say like one creepy thing. And it's like, yeah, that kid, she, she really is a fucking weirdo, huh? Yeah, and then and you finally hear her talk for real at the end of this episode. And it's like, oh, shit, she probably could have been weighing in on this the whole time. And, and she's a and she's a kid. Yeah, she's a. And yeah, why wasn't she weighing in on this the whole time? Like, that's the other like she's like, yeah, we can keep going. Yeah, the story I, makes me so mad. And I was like thinking, well, OK, well, we're going to hear from her a whole bunch more going forward. Like I expected episode three to start with them sitting her down for her like talking head interview. Yeah. And it does not, it does not. It opens with her making a nine one one call to report herself because she is stalking one of her neighbors and thinking of hurting them. And in the notes I hear have, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> also, was, is that a drama, 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 why can I say that word? Dramatization. I don't drama think so. I that think is, who took that video then of her calling oh, 911? No. 
the drama to the video is a dramatization. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm Actual audio from. Oh, from right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That but would also be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Parents were just filming her making that phone call. <laughs> like that brought up some questions. Yeah, I was like, I think that was a drama to take. I can't say that word. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, add it to the list, I suppose. But that did kind of support the notion that she might have been a threat to the Barnett family opening up episode three but then they they kind of drop that thread and we don't get back to it until later you you sort of touched on earlier the the judge that ends up re-aging her yeah it is kind of insane how he does it because again it's not uncommon like we said for kids who have been adopted from other countries to sometimes have to have their date of birth adjusted a little bit but his reasoning is something along the lines of well if she's got those kind of pubes she must be 18 when they got her and she's been here four years so you're 22 now which that is a dramatic leap from she would have been what 10 yeah with zero things other than the judge going a lot of pubes that's wild yeah like that's and there is a doctor of some sort involved but it's important to remember that the barnett's have money yep and i've said it on a bunch of these episodes and i will say it again when it comes to stuff like this when it comes to the court system you can hire a doctor who will say pretty much what you want them to say you can hire a pathologist who will go to bat for your version of events and in this case there was apparently a doctor of some sort involved in re-aging her to 22 but didn't they they interviewed the doctor later like when court came up and the doctor was like no i said the like the the the, her bone plates were opening up which means that's like a growth thing right and the lawyer was like nah that's not what we're asking you nope 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 stop talking like it was like very much like the doctor was like well no there was like a weird fight between the lawyer yeah so they had a doctor that was like, no, this is a child, but they found, I guess, somebody else that was able to. So then they go out and get an Italian apartment. They they just drop her in the middle of an apartment community. And they're like, you live here now. And it's like, damn, you thought she was a child like a few years ago. And yeah. now she's got her own apartment. And it just even if she was 22, she is clearly not the kind of 22 that should just be dropped off in their own apartment to fend for themselves. And it, it seems so heartbreaking. Like that's really what happened. Like once that judge said, well, she's 22. They're like, fuck. Yeah. She's no longer our responsibility. She is an adult. We're going to put her out like fucking trash. I mean, they did, you know, pay for her apartment, I guess. And they paid for her apartment, but she was on snaps or she had an e- like she was on like EBT, like she was on disability. So they had snaps. They were getting disability checks to pay her apartment because that's what happens in the next when they move to another place. So they were like getting like government funded programs to pay for her stuff. And if you go into that, like so they. Yeah, sure. But he's pulling up in his Lamborghini and shit. I don't know cars. I don't know if it was a little bit like. But it was. It was, it a, was a Lamborghini. Something yeah, like Ferrari. That. One of the yeah. two. Yeah. 
And they like you go like they they show it's so like the one scene where he's like, I recorded this. And he's like interrogating this child about where she got donuts. And all I'm thinking is this isn't the argument he thinks it is. Like he doesn't come off as like, oh, he's really proven a point. It's like like a neighbor gave her donut. It's just and it's obviously the house. Like if I was given a house at 20 or at 10 years old, that's what it would look like. And I'm not disabled. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I'm so mad about this. And this is the part where I started getting really suspicious of Michael because they not mentioned... all those cracked out interviews. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, no, it's because the neighbors talk about how much Natalia smelled and how her clothes were like always dirty. And one of the neighbors is like, you know, I got the sense that she maybe couldn't bathe or change clothes without help. And she would only bathe or change her clothes when someone showed up to help her. And that's when they mentioned that Michael would show up a bunch in his fucking Ferrari. And I was like, so Michael's bathing her? And she's 22, quote. But like, yeah. yeah. And now she's an adult in Michael's eyes. Oh, God. And also, we completely forgot to mention that it's brought up that when they adopted Natalia... The Barnetts failed to mention that they had like domestic violence incidents in their past. They just like yeah. lied about that on the application. And so you got that suspicion working in the back of your head. And now it seems like Michael's the one showing up bathing, bathing her, and changing, changing her, her clothes. And it's like and in this the- after they talk about her like possibly exchanging sexual favors for money at the mental hospital. You're like, where did she learn that? Where did she learn? Oh, where is this going? Like, and that's the thing you can afford a Ferrari as like a regular person. Say Natalia is 22 and you are, they can afford a Ferrari. So they are rich, right? Obviously in that incident, you hire a caregiver. You don't like, that's like, like the, the more he talks, the more you're like, you don't sound like the good guy that you think you do, dude. Like, you hire yeah, but- a caregiver that helps her change. You don't go over there as an adult man, her quote adopted father and bathe her. But they were like, yeah, the neighbors were like, when he was gone, she was clean again. Yeah. It's Ugh. very suspicious. I'm going back to that whole hitting him by a car thing. You're <laughs> on board again. <laughs> and yeah, you mentioned there's all these videos of him like interrogating Natalia because a DCFS worker has been showing up again. Because now she's like, well, she's still a disabled person who fucking needs help. So I'm still going to show up and check on her. And Michael is like, where'd you get those donuts that DCFS workers show up? And it's intense and weird. Especially because he's like, I turned on my phone and I recorded the whole thing. And we're watching. We're like, yeah, this isn't the argument you think it is, Michael. Like, you don't look. He's really proud of it. He's really proud of yelling at even if she is 22, you're you're yelling at a disabled person that you've adopted as your child. Like, you know, like, yeah, her neighbors all swear that she was an adult. Once again, if a little person showed up, like if anyone showed up and even if they did look younger and they were like, I'm 30, you wouldn't be like, "Nah, I think that's like you wouldn't question it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is one person. They talk, they only talk to her on the phone. She's like, she works in the leasing office. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Natalia would show up and sit in front of my desk 
and eat the free candy on my desk for as long as I would let her. And she would just show up every day. And she was like, that's what a child would do. <laughs> that's what a so child would do. If you tell me that she really was a child, I would believe you because that's what kids do. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty valid point. Yeah. Also, she was going into the neighbors' houses when they weren't there, like rummaging through their stuff. That's a thing a child would do. Yeah. Like she, oh. they would like avoid her because she would just like want to come over and hang out like all the time. And yeah, that's a kid who doesn't understand boundaries. Yeah. Or like you said, a lonely person. Yeah. Yeah. And also why you don't make friends with your neighbors just in Absolutely. case they're, I'm friends with my neighbors now and it's worked out, but it's the only time it's ever worked out. They have boundaries though. Mm, I don't, I don't think our politics would click. Maybe my neighbors on this side, but over here. Mm -mm, no. Oh yeah. No. They seem to blue lives matter for me. So, weird. so yeah, she also tells them a bunch about how she pulled knives on her adoptive parents. So they're all rightfully sketched out, but also alternating between being sketched out and talking about her titties bunch. Yeah, they do talk about her boobs a lot. That, yeah, this group of neighbors in particular, everyone brings it up. But also this is this is also very confusing because they would talk about her hitting on like all these adult males, but also she would hit on like little boys, boys like like boys who would be presumably maybe her actual age, which, which if she's been abused, both of those things would probably seem normal. That tracks. And also, this is one thing I don't like about the Midwest that annoys me so much. The weird pride and how they all get to keep their doors unlocked. Oh, it's how people get murdered. Yeah. It's so dumb. And I was watching with a friend. And I was like, and I was going on a big soapbox of how stupid it is that people leave their doors unlocked. And she stands up and she walks over and locks her door. I'm like, we're alone in your apartment in the middle of Hollywood. <laughs> and yeah, she's you like, definitely yeah. lock your door there. Yeah, she's like, I guess I don't. But I'm like, so many people don't lock their doors. And, 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 and which is Hollywood is not the kind of small town where everybody locks, but no one their doors. And also what the, I don't know if my neighbors do either, but also uh, if you have a neighbor that is, that is unwell, that is mentioning knives and threatening people and is coming in uh, like unwanted and you'll come home and she's in your house. Don't you think you start locking your doors then? Like, don't you think they're like, we're so shocked every time she's like, start locking your doors. Yeah. Yeah. Just lock your goddamn doors. It's just Especially. a weird Midwest brag that annoys me and has always annoyed me. Well, not just that, but we see a thing that I talk about when it comes to the Midwest all the time. Mm -hmm. People who don't live there and aren't that familiar always hear the Midwest and picture like, oh, cornfields and small towns. You'll get fucking shot in Lafayette, Indiana, yeah. where they move Natalia to next. Lafayette is no fucking joke. Like it is, there are several towns in the Midwest, mostly due to their proximity to Chicago, that are highly fucking dangerous from a crime standpoint. Gary, Indiana, like oh. lots of spots. Um, where's Notre Dame? It's not in Lafayette, South Bend, South Bend, Indiana. You probably buy a house for like 50 grand in South Bend, Jesus. Indiana. You can't send your kid to Notre Dame for that much, but the areas surrounding it, at least. When I lived in the Midwest, it was kind of a fucking nightmare. So, yeah, like Lafayette, Indiana, where they moved Natalia to, it's definitely not the kind of small town where nobody locks their doors. Like they show clips like 
you they just show the town and you can look at it and tell. And it, you're like, lock your doors. Well, he yeah. also is like, he's like, well, we went to college there. That's how we met. It's like a, he's like trying to like say how nice of this area this Lafayette is while they're showing the videos. And it's like, no. Yeah. And they move her into a second story apartment. Am I jumping ahead? No, no. Like what struck me, not only you're right, they move her into a second story apartment that not only that, but it has steps she has to climb just to get to the steps to get in to her apartment. Michael starts listing off all these things that make it a great neighborhood and they all make it sound like a bad neighborhood. He's like, you know, there's a GED center nearby. <laughs> there's fucking pay phones. It's like, oh, yeah, that must all be for the rich people. Like, yeah, this is definitely what- that's what's really bothersome about this is these people had enough money to do what they did in a more ethical way. Like they could have gotten her an apartment. And like you said, paid for a caretaker. Don't like, it seemed like they were trying to get this girl kidnapped or murdered. Yeah. Get rid of her somehow. If we put her here, maybe she'll just be, but then the interesting thing is, so the neighbor, the first, the neighbor below her, who scared me a little at first, but by the end of it, I was like, that bitch is badass. Cause she had like nine kids, bunch of tattoos. And she was like, my heart breaks for her. That was a child. That was a fucking child. But then Natalia disappears and Michael's now concerned because the checks stop coming. And so it's, it's, it's like, were they trying to get her kidnapped? Cause when she kind of sort of got kidnapped, she didn't get kidnapped, but you know what I mean? Like, they were like, yeah. we needed to find out where she went because the money stopped coming. I right. hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, it kind of did seem like they were hoping something bad would happen to her because they not only drop her in what the woman who lives there herself describes as a high crime neighborhood. Yes. yes. And they also take her phone. Like they don't let her have a phone. She can't call 911. If she falls down happens. the stairs. Yeah. If it's something, and she they're also like helpless. And also like the apartment itself, like other little little people are like little dwarf little people. That's the yeah yeah okay I think that's fine okay are are like there is absolutely no access for this little girl to cook food, wash her dishes. Like it's like a bigger person's apartment. And also she's a child. Like it's like, like they want, and they took her phone and when they gave it back, they just so heartbreaking. They wiped her contacts, right? They like, they They, wiped everything. She had no one. They they wiped her contacts. So she couldn't call anyone and talk about what was happening. They forgot to pay her electric bill. So she lived three days or so without electricity. And the reason they finally become alarmed is the GED class she's taking calls and asks if they've heard from her. And by this point, they've they're like living in Canada. Yeah. They moved (laughs) up to Canada with their genius son to do something. I can't remember what, but they. Yeah. So they not only moved Natalia to a whole other part of Indiana, they moved to a whole other country and just left this probably kid. A hundred percent kid. There is no doubt in my mind this is a child, not a child. Do you are you just being like the alleged thing that they have to do in like court papers? Not court papers, but like articles. No, I mean I'm just like playing along, I guess. Like it does seem pretty clear. I'm not good at that. (laughs) But I mean, you do have to sort of see it from their perspective. Like they just went to court and a doctor and a judge were like, She's twenty two. 
So they're like, all right, I guess we don't have legal responsibility, but you still do. You do. You have someone in that situation who's living with you and you are their caretaker. But also they probably hired that doctor, like you said. You know what I mean? Like they didn't go to like, yeah, all right, yeah. So GED is like, she stopped showing up. Right. And that's when they find out she's moved in with Cynthia Manns. And Detective Brandon Davenport, he reaches out to Cynthia. And she tells him about Christine being a crazy person and demanding that Natalia stay at her own home instead of going out with friends or meeting people. And Cynthia seems fine. Like, I was a little suspicious, but also it seems like she had her heart in the right place when she took it seems like she was going in yeah she was in a ged class with a child and was like where are your parents yeah and then this little girl you know who probably didn't smell very good had a lot of trauma and was just probably trying to explain her situation and cynthia who has a like a family and a home was like why don't you come stay with us and my favorite part about all this is that they were able to sign over her social security checks because they made Natalia an adult. So it's Natalia yeah. had full. Oh, I loved it. I, they were like, well, now she's getting the money. It's like, well, you made her an adult. So she yeah. should be getting the money. Whoops. Oh, I loved it. It was such it was like a little justice a little bit. And the Barnett's end up getting divorced at one point. And Detective Brandon Davenport. He's a very important figure in this story because I don't recall how he I think he was sent out when Natalia like disappeared was, like, missing yeah. in Lafayette. And so he is rightly very suspicious of what's going on. And in 2019, he goes to talk to Michael at his home and he's running all these cop techniques on Michael. But you can tell Michael thinks he's really fucking smart, so he doesn't mind talking way too much and what he's doing is getting michael to like try and claim christine did everything and like well what did christine do next this is a cop he knows full well that michael was married to christine he was there so everything he's saying he's kind of implicating himself in also and he lets michael talk lets him talk lets him talk and eventually he goes you know i think you abandoned a child and you know it and He's like, how old do you think she is right now? And Michael goes, oh, I don't know, 20, 22. And that's when they cut to someone else who's like, she would have been 16 when you dropped her off then. That's still a crime. That's a child. Yeah. Yeah, still a child. But it's a very dramatic moment. And Michael doesn't take it well. He and Christine end up getting charged with child neglect. And (laughs) Michael, this is where I really start disliking this dude. Here? God, I hated him the whole time. Well, yeah, but you're right. I hated him the whole time. But then there's (laughs) this part where he says, I'm the definition of the guy who had it all and lost it all. Saying that while he's taking the hard top off his vintage collectible Corvette. But then he's like, it doesn't run. Motherfucker, if you can afford to keep that Corvette, you have not lost it all. And let's talk about all that fucking property you live on and that Jeep Cherokee parked under the tree. Like, we're not going to see it. It's like, you still have some shit. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, no one feels bad for you. And it's like, how did you lose it? Did Natalia steal your money? That never came up. Like, where did your money go? Yeah, it sounds like you are a bad person. Your bad person wife divorced you. 
and you abandoned a disabled child. Like, and he's just going so hard in the paint, trying to make Christine seem like the sole aggressor here. Like she was just this big household bully who did everything and he couldn't control her. He couldn't do anything about it. There was nothing that he could do in the face of this evil force. And it's like, man, I feel like you're laying it on a little thick, dude. Yeah. And again, we don't hear from Christine at all. At all. And there the moment when he's talking about how she's this big abuser and he's like, yeah, why don't you take the camera and point it to the ground and I'll show you. Like, so are we? Are that, that scene was interesting, though, because it's in the trailer and it's completely out of context in the trailer. Yeah. So it actually makes Michael look even crazier than he is, because in the trailer, first you see him like crying and then <laughs> you just see him punching the floor over and over. And you're like, man, that guy's wigging the fuck out. That guy's unhinged. Yeah. And he is. But yes. In the documentary, you see what he's doing is demonstrating how Christine was beating Natalia. Oh, my God. And if that has any shred of truth to it, what kind of person could just watch that? Well, and I understand abuse and I understand men also get abused and there's also victims. I understand that. And I was sort of on that side for a little bit while I was watching. I was like, well, maybe. But remember, he claimed that he recorded video of this. In that when Christine caught him recording video, she like angrily forced him to delete it and like broke the phone, I think. And he was like, I kept that phone just hoping that someday someone would recover something from it that could prove I'm not lying about this. And they did. They have those text messages where she's like, come on, she's an adult and she fucking deserved it. So like, it seems like, and also remember, it seems like she also maybe kicked natalia down the stairs once yeah that yeah when the so the 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 genius kid was being interviewed about his parents and then they were asking about christine's abuse and he got really uncomfortable and said i don't want to talk about this i'm gonna i was really proud of his boundaries by the way he was like no jake's a good kid uh also michael has a movie theater popcorn popper in his living room you're not broke that's not even on that i hate him him so much yeah (laughs) and like I love the scene where he starts like crying over having reunited with Jake and Jake is just like looking at him like, well, you are not normally like this. Yeah. Why are we crying right now? Is it because the cameras or (laughs) what? You can tell Jake's like motherfucker. Oh, I think he's a victim in this whole thing too. Like who knows what, like, oh. He's in the base. He lives in his dad's basement now when he got his master's that like like those kinds of kids like with with Asperger's, if they are like directed in the direct like right way, they have these like wonderful full lives and careers. And this kid's like in the basement and he just looks sad. Yeah. And yeah, they catch him. He he says he doesn't want to talk about this one certain thing, but it it turns into a HBO's The Jinx moment where he doesn't real. Huh? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's the true crime documentary about Robert Durst, who's the guy who like killed a bunch of his friends over the course of a bunch of years. Oh my and God. I want to see that. I'm scared though. I hit like he didn't at one point he didn't realize that he still had his microphone on and he went to the bathroom and he had like fucked up a question in the interview. And he was like, what did you do? Well, of course I killed her. And he like just admitted all this shit on an open mic and didn't realize it. And that's what Jake does too. Jake is like, 
I thought we weren't going to talk about mom kicking her down the stairs. And then he's like, oh, my microphone's on. No. <laughs> which is rats. Which is kind of a fun. Which also Jake's pretty smart. That he might have just like that's what wanted I, to say it, but because yeah, that's that what the, the best way. I feel like that's what I thought. I was like, I don't think that was on accident because immediately he went upstairs and said that, and then was like, "Darn it, I," you know. Yeah. But kicking Natalia down the stairs, God. He also confesses to having pissed in her bed once because Christine told him to, and he seems very broken up about that. Which, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I would. I would, too. Yeah. You were a child. Your mother told you to do this. You did it reluctantly. And then years later, you're like, I don't think that was a kid. And it turns out my parents are big abusers and I was a part of it. Yeah. But I yeah, was also Chris a kid. Christine does seem like a huge problem. That's that's for sure. Yeah. But it's just that Michael does, too. And we yeah. only hear from Michael. So Christine and like we hear from Michael's mom, she talks about how much of a monster Christine was and it it's it's just it's very one-sided yeah well there's also the videos of christine making natalia put her head against the wall as a child and stand there with her head on the wall for eight hours 12 hours and michael's like yeah i came home and christine was like i rule the house and this is what she's gonna do and you know she defecated in her pants at one point because she was standing at the wall for hours yeah like it's michael you're I understand abusive homes and I understand that victims are, you know, I understand Stockholm. I understand all that stuff. But like now that, you know, it's wrong. He's just like, well, I don't know what else to do. You know, like that guy's a sociopath for sure. You know what? Christine didn't understand the Internet because she was taking a whole bunch of sexy pics and sending them off to other dudes. And they were all uploading to Michael's Dropbox account, which yeah. they weren't married by that point. Right. I think they were, no, they were they're, yeah they're they're like i think when back. he found out they weren't married anymore but when she was doing it they were married yeah right yeah and yeah he's like he's just really getting after it in terms of the crying and it all seems so over the top and there's a lawyer who's interviewed throughout all of this who suggests that maybe the barnett's tried to have natalia's age changed to avoid child abuse charges because the way she was aged up to 22 is brought up that's where we find out about the doctor the doctor says natalia told her she's over 18 when he decided she was 22 but it turns out christine was telling her to say that and that's what the judge based his ruling on was natalia saying she was 18 so they're like yeah well now the next question is why did they do that was it just because they wanted to get rid of her or was it because they knew they were filming themselves abusing this kid because they were like yeah. all the stuff about her leaning against the wall. That's all on camera. It's all in the that's, documentary. It's a film. Yeah, it's, it, that's not reenactments. But then now having gotten through all of it, I'm like, was it because Michael was abusing Sexually her abusing in the her? other way also? Yeah. Because that it does get touched on just a bit like they go right to the edge of suggesting that's what happened, but they never say it. And I don't I don't know if that's for legal reasons. Well, the but... very end with the country music guy yeah, we'll get there. They don't we're not there yet. OK, yeah. so they touch on that briefly when they're. Yeah. OK. And so you're wondering if maybe that, that is why they aged her up. So Michael could be like she's of the age of consent. Yeah. It wasn't because sexual abuse. Also, if they'd had her for like four years at that point, that would mean, well, well, she was 18 when we got her. So, and so therefore, 
It was consensual yeah. sex, like, not rape of a yeah. child. Yeah. Yeah. More like the Woody Allen of Lafayette, if you think about it that way, would oh, be that's a, that's a Michael's. It's not mine. That's yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, her, her date of birth is very important. They they send a team of investigators to administer a DNA test on camera. Anna says Natalia was born in 2003. Yeah. Which would mean she was not 22. It would mean she was the age that, yeah. Yeah. And they did that, a DNA test that yeah. that woman was Natalia's daughter. Yeah. That, her it, mother. She is Natalia's mother. It also kind of seems like she was coerced into giving her up for adoption. Yeah. Which they is they really were just like, this kid's going to have such an unhappy life. You don't want to put that burden on yourself. Just give her away. And she's like, eh, I don't know. I, I'll keep her. And they're like, mm, no, no, give her up. And so that that part's a bummer. Yeah. But this is also the part where I was like, this documentary is a little long because they start going into Michael preparing for his trial. Oh, that was so long. Just, yeah. And like, I didn't give a single shit about it. And I did, the- however, love how much those lawyers hated him. They hated him as much Clearly. as all of us did. Oh, man. And he had Clearly. he's the most unaware person, like no self-awareness of like, because like he's like, yeah, we're like family now. And the lawyer's like, sure. Yeah. Like, he's, so- he's like forcing them to fist bump him and yeah. shit. And Which the is- lawyer, he's a he's a professional. Like he's not going to get on a documentary and be like, Oh, my client, I actually hate him. And I think he's guilty. Like no one's ever going to hire that guy again. So he's very professional about it, but it's also very obvious that he fucking hates Michael. I think probably everyone, but Jake does and probably Jake a little bit. Yeah. Jake probably one day will realize it's okay to hate your dad. And like all his baseball analogy shit at the beginning of episode six, he's like talking about getting ready for court. And he's like, I know what they're going to pitch to me and I'm going to knock it out of the park. It's like you've used that bat to beat a dog to death, probably like you are a psychopath. You were because also they're like he's like when. Yeah. When they they, the guy, the lawyer is like, just look innocent, smile. And then he gives this like creepy smile. Like he's a sociopath. Yeah. That part where he's like, my role to play when we go to court is let me find this quote. Yeah. My role is just going to be innocent guy sitting still. And then he (laughs) sits still and shows what that looks like. And he could not look like more of a maniac. Yeah. In that moment. Like when you can't sit still and look normal. Oh man. I know. I'm not a fan of a demeanor conviction, but and I feel like I would demeanor convict the shit out of Michael. He well, the lawyer's like, like problem. smile a little. And then he smiled this crazy smile. It's like, not like a smile, you know, like a content. <laughs> and you can tell the lawyer's like, fuck, like, yeah. do you have to be here for this? Oh yeah. It's, it's bad times. And so Christine's Facebook history gets pulled as part of this trial. And Michael finds out, She's she's been having some affairs. Mm-hmm. There was one with a, like a maintenance guy that she just made out with a little. There was like a delivery guy or something who came around a bunch that she struck up an affair with. But the most interesting by far mm-hmm. is her affair with Freddie Gill, who is a traveling country musician and a little person himself. Yep. Which I was like, damn, Freddie, get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of like, but she seems terrible. But yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, she seems awful. But he also sounded like he this isn't the first 
hot blonde he's been with, oh. paid for or otherwise. He also oh. mentioned that once that he has dabbled in yeah, buying. Like yeah. if you're going to be a straight white dude in 2K23 talking about sex the way Freddie does, you better be Freddie's size also. Yeah. Like he's fucking earned it, I guess. But he's a little <laughs> gross. He's. I, I've never heard of him. And yes. Oh, I've never heard of him as a musician. Oh. Like I know he's a musician because they say it in. You're not a big Freddie Gill. You don't have a no, no, album. Not a big poster. Freddie Gill fan. And <laughs> there's a scene where this woman, Michael's crying like he does. And this woman comes over and hugs him. And I have in the notes, who was that? Oh, okay. They're going to tell us. And I still don't really know because I was just like, I don't I care. I like think to check that, my phone when that was happening. I think that was his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get but it. But it's weird that they never talked. They didn't talk to her at all. Not really. They talked to her very briefly in that moment. Like, yeah. When everyone was probably like, who's that? Who's who's hugging this fucking maniac here? Yeah. <laughs> Again, Michael's lawyers clearly hate him. They have a they have a meeting. This was arguably the most infuriating thing that happened in this documentary. They're having a meeting about Michael's trial, which starts the next day. And there are a plethora of delicious looking donuts on the table. And at first I was like, no one's touching those donuts and they look very good. Someone needs to eat a donut. And as soon as I had that thought, one of the people on Michael's legal team starts eating a donut and the lead lawyer is like, Put that donut down. We're on television. We're doing a thing here. Put that down. <laughs> Get it so together. <laughs> I forgot about that. Get it together. Why do you have donuts there then? Yeah. Oh. Were you waiting until they said cut and then all of you were like, let's, he's like, we're doing a thing here. <laughs> Food, like eating competition style, <laughs> stuffing them down, dunking them in water. Like Joey <laughs> Chestnut. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I want to see I want to see that outtake. I would like to see that as well. Benny yeah. Hill music playing. <laughs> We're doing know. a thing here. <laughs> Get it together. The guy's like, all right, sorry. Were you caught off guard at all by the number of crosses in that neighbor of Natalia's house? No. There's a scene. It's really quick where they. Oh, they Yes. <laughs> It looks like, have you ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Have, I know I've asked you this 7,000 times. I have not, but it definitely looks like some horror movie shit. So there, there's a, an episode where a guy is trying to kill a vampire and he's been planning to kill his vampire for a really long time. It's Spike, but you don't know who I'm talking about. And he, Spike walks into this room and it's comically wallpapered with like, I mean, it's not for the show, but it's like all, every inch of the wall <laughs> It's covered in crucifixes. I was like, hey, it's like the principal who's trying to kill spikes, but for a TV show about vampires. I forgot about that. Yeah, it looked like she collected creepy crosses. It was what she clearly does. Yeah. And so the trial starts. Things go awry immediately when on the stand, Michael says they picked Lafayette to drop Natalia off in because, quote, it's a white trash town. <sighs> and that doesn't sit well with the residents of that of town. Lafayette. Yeah. The peers of Lafayette. Right. Yeah. Including the 12 who are on the jury. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is crazy, though. At one point, I think even before the trial happened, there was this ruling that when it went to trial, they were not allowed to say to talk about Natalia's age. 
Like the only thing they were able to say was that she's 23 years old. Like and the, you said it was because the statute of limitations ran out. I don't remember. I read your notes and I don't what? remember that part. Where did I say that? Oh, maybe you didn't say that. And I read it <laughs> I somewhere I else because I was trying to read why they made that decision. And I think they said some an article said it had something to do with the stat- statute of limitation had ran out with that abuse. So it didn't matter. I read a lot of our, I went down a bunch of rabbit holes after this whole thing. So I may, I'm not quoting it correctly. So yeah, this, I'm not sure, but it was a wild decision because it was, cause that was what the whole thing was about. Yeah, it was. I mean, at first it was child neglect that they were facing. And another thing that's crazy is uh, how long this fucking documentary is. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I feel you, no, I mean, it's not your fault, but I hate that this is why documentaries don't need to be this many episodes. There is a scene in this that made me so mad. It's not that long, but it's a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just them sitting around eating pizza and drinking beer, waiting for the verdict to come back in. And they make it see, they draw this scene out. And I get it. Like you're trying to be drive home, like what this, how long this wait was. But one, we're all humans. We know what a long wait is like. Like, I get it. You're clearly filling out this documentary. And then to top it all off, when they get the call that the verdict has come back in, they've been waiting two hours. You could have just hit the courtroom cafeteria for a two hour wait. They made it seem like they were waiting all day. Yeah. The jury came back in two fucking hours. I hated that. And at first it seems, it seems like, the verdict didn't go well okay yeah let me ask you that because the person i was watching with i was like wait and they she had seen it before and i was like what's the documentary and she goes well listen to the music and i was like i can't tell were you and i don't know if you know when you see something and then later you see it again then you're like oh okay well this is obvious so i couldn't tell but i was like yeah i can't tell if they're sad or happy i can't well to me what threw me off was less the way Michael and his girlfriend were crying so mm-hmm. much as the look on his mom's face, yeah. like his mom, the look on her face, you would think he had just been sentenced to 75 years in prison. Maybe his mom was bummed out. was like, my son is guilty and this should yeah. not have gone this way. Yeah. Mom was like, he was definitely assaulting that kid. Yeah. Yeah. She, her, her look, like she had such a look of shock on her face. And then we find out he was found not guilty on all of the major charges. And it's and it's and they interviewed one of the jurors that was like, yeah, we would have they found out later about the age stuff. And they're like, yeah, it would have been a very different trial had we known this age was altered. Well, not just that, but the instructions they were given by the judge. She was like, we all wanted to convict him. But under the strict letter of the law that we were working under, he had to be found not guilty. Oof. I hope he gets hit by a truck, like a big Mack truck. Not the judge, Michael. The producers reached out to Christine for comment, and she, I'm assuming, responded in writing because the only response they got was, your network is whack, which I can't stress <laughs> enough, people. When when you're going to make a, a, a slander like that, the word you're looking for is W-A-C-K. She wrote W-H-A-C-K, which... That makes it a verb. Like when I worked at Cracked, someone did a video called Cracked is Whack, and they spelled it W-H-A-C-K. And I so badly wanted to just make a response video and be like, you idiot. 
It's a verb. So whack if it's with, I don't know this. I just thought it was really funny. Whack, whack is if it's with rap a, slang. For yeah, I know what whack it's, means, but yeah. I didn't know if it was spelled differently. It's a verb or not a verb. It is. It's W-A-C-K if you're using it in the way she's trying to use it. And if it's W-H-A-C-K. If you mean like, I'm going to whack you in the face. That's also a verb, isn't it? Well, Whacking? W-A-C-K is not a verb. Whack? I'm going to whack you. W-A-C-K is, means like something is bad. W-H-A-C-K. Means oh, oh, gotcha. So if something's whack, it's W-A and that's an adjective. Correct. Okay. That, I thought, okay. And so she, so this is a woman who won made fun of this town for being, or this place for being a, a white trash town. And her response, who uses the word whack as an adult human, to spells awesome. it incorrectly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. That's, that's hilarious. Also, <laughs> what is with this interview with Michael at the end? Like, did he move to a fucking Bob Evans location? I don't know. It looked like they were at that that the uh, Freddie Gill's place because it was it Freddie Gill's laptop. Or no, it was an interview with Freddie Gill. But they moved. He was in like the garage, right? No, Michael's last interview. It looks like he's where they make Hidden Valley Ranch. Like everything's green and red, and his sweater matches all the chairs in the background. It's fucking weird. Is this where he was going to break the laptop? Yes, because okay. because don't this dun. this is. This is the big moment because Michael, he's talking about, he's all happy in this interview. And he's like, she's done all the damage to me that she can do. What else is she going to do? What's she going to do? And I'm like, she's going to do something. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen. And uh oh, at this point, one of the producers is like, so we got another allegation about you. And if we could just, you know, delve into that a little bit. And he's like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I don't I don't care. I don't want to hear anything she has to say. He is panicking. Like yeah. he is clearly panicking. And his lawyer is there. And his lawyer is like, Michael, I think this is actually a good opportunity for you to address this allegation about you, which I had not heard yet. He was like, It's very kind of them to give us this information yeah. ahead of time. And Michael is like, All right. All right. All right. I'll watch it. I'm saying no to everything else after this, but I'll watch it. Give me the laptop. And uh, when they give him the laptop, he's he's like, how many how many pieces? And the guy's like, what? He's like, how many pieces do you want me to return this laptop in? He's like, because I'm going to break it after I watch this. And the producer's like, please don't. Yeah, we'd prefer you not do that. We could hold the laptop while you watch it and give you something else to break if you'd like. And here's the thing. They stop short. You don't hear the actual allegation. But right before this happens, Freddie Gill says or claims that Christine tried to set up a sexual encounter with him and Natalia, like almost in like a pimp sort of way, like a prostitution thing, which she's a child. That's obviously not the right word for it. Yeah. But but Freddie Gill, to his credit, was like, I don't fuck little people. You kidding me? He's yeah. like, I, I fuck, I fuck grown women. He's like, I, I, of course I said no. And that was like, he, and he meant little, I think he meant a child. He was like, I don't fuck children. I don't think he meant little people. I, like, I, I feel like he meant little people because he thought Natalia was in her twenties. Like that's what Christine had told him. So like, as far as he knew, Natalia wasn't 
a child. Ugh, yeah, but it's the whole thing—it's just such a fat. Like what? So, so that comes out. So yeah. there's like some kind of sex trafficking allegations that come out at the end. The very end, yeah. The very end, and then so when they get ready to play this video, I'm, I was like, I know what this is going to be. Yeah. I, I know what it's going to be. And Freddie Gill on this video goes, well, Christine also told me that at one point Michael started f- and then it cuts. You kind of hear him form like yeah. an F word or something. Yeah. And then it cuts. And it cuts. And I was like, I knew it. I kind of knew that knew it. around the time episode three was going on when he was changing and washing her. Yeah. After a judge had declared that she was 22. Oh makes me it made me it makes me sick like it like and then that's it yeah well it seems like by the time this ended christine's trial hadn't finished because there's a very dramatic scene where freddie gill talks about like how he'll testify on someone's behalf and he just goes i'll see you in court and then he turns off a light in his house and just rolls (laughs) off into another room and i was like i hope the filmmakers just like hunkered down and spent the night like right where they were Wait until he came out in the morning. In, in the morning, like, what the fuck? You guys are still here? I thought I. You have a hotel? <laughs> no, we just have one more question, man. Yeah, well, you left really dramatically. We had more. Well, have you looked into all of that? The, like her trial? Yeah. Well, they tell us at the end she was also pretty much Equi- acquitted. Of yeah, all they all everything charges. was dropped. And later this summer, they're doing a two-hour Natalia side and actually interviewing. Oh, no rush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they have the the family the man's family has a tiktok now well the first part of the tiktok is definitely what what's the mom's name the adopted the christine no 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 not the not christine the one that cecilia the one who basically adopted yeah something like that yeah the first part of her tiktok is just her tiktok before any of this which is basically her trying a bunch of filters and being silly and then they adopted chris or they adopted um natalia and then there's a bunch of stuff about their their family and like getting justice for natalia but it's kind of funny if you go to her tiktok because it's like just like a regular person living in lafayette being like this is a funny filter and then now it has (laughs) now it has all these followers and it's about their family but i'm like didn't you think to go back and be like maybe i had to delete this or she like delete a couple of these maybe yeah maybe because it's all of those but so there there apparently is going to be a documentary where it lets this this woman now who is Eight, I think now she's 18 of age, right? Yeah, because of 2003, she was born. Well, she would be like 20 now. She's 20 she now. Born in and, 2003. And it's obvious that she was a child then because you see her now and she's an adult. Like, it's like yeah. anyone who's at all suspicious that this kid was not a kid, look at interviews with her now and you're like, oh, this is. Yeah, if she was like 20 when they got her, she is aging amazingly. Like yeah. She's aging in reverse. Yeah, she, or aged twenty, aged two twenty, and then stopped aging. You know what I? Because yeah. she aged, but just to a twenty-year-old. So, do you think they're going to ask that question? In I hope so. Her version, like I if hope so. I Michael hope that they're able doing anything because I the. I mean, they. It's the only thing you can infer from the way they unroll that because they 150%. don't actually say it. It's just you kind of know that that's. And I, 
I wonder if they didn't say that because of, I think you said legal purposes. If something is being processed, if there are accusations being processed and they're like, we're not actually allowed to talk about this because allegations are being taken seriously. And maybe, and I don't know what the statute of limitation on that is, but I know, unfortunately, abuse like that is, but I think it's been less time that, but I wonder if the reason why they didn't say all of that, but inferred it is because of maybe there's actual allegations being brought forward and maybe Michael will go to jail for raping a child. And then there's that moment at the end. You got to watch this all the way to the end. If you haven't watched it yet, people and are planning to watch it. There's a moment (laughs) at the end where they cut back to that 2019 interview with Michael. And he says something along the lines of, oh, you don't get the crying version. But if you need the crying version, I can do that too. Like just straight up says, yeah, I can like cry on command, basically. Sociopath. (laughs) He's a sociopath. Like he had just said that. So obviously there's, you're going to project a little, but he really looked like a sociopath in that moment. Oh yeah. And here's the thing. If a court said Natalia was 22 and he took that as the green light, to start having sex with Natalia, he is a sociopath. That's like, still obviously like that yeah. is horrifying. That's so horrifying. But who knows? I, I guess we'll we'll fight. We'll find out. When is the follow up coming out? They said this summer, but it's kind of it's kind of summer already. Like it's pretty summer. Like we yeah. we got like a month left, but as of June, in mid June, there was an article that said sometime this summer. There's an article in July that was like later this summer, and it's only going to be a two hour. Like it's not going to be like a six episode like long thing. It's just going to be a two hour interview with Natalia. And there's also an interview with her. I think how this was discovered. Or how, not this was discovered, this was a crime that was being, but Dr. Phil interviewed her. And I don't love Dr. Phil, don't think I do by saying that, but there was, but he interviewed her and he was like, how old are you? And she's like, well, legally I'm this age, but I'm really 17. And so there's, I never saw the full interview of Dr. Phil because he's like watching, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to scratch a chalkboard. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not going to watch an episode of Dr. Phil. But yeah, I'll watch the follow up documentary. I'm interested. Would you like to watch it together? Well, yeah, I think we I mean, we have to cover it at this point. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, I'll drive down there and we'll just like eat some popcorn and maybe have a dance party. Yeah, if you want to. That would be (laughs) great. No one ever comes down here except Jeff. So yeah, that that sounds kind of fun. We'll think about it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, Until then, I think that is our episode. Yeah, Kim. Thank you so much for doing Adam. It. Thanks for having me. Thanks for. Do you think people should should people watch this? I think they should. I think. I it's, think they. Yeah. It's even though long. we kind of we give away a lot of it, but I think and that's what we do. But like, I think it's. I really I think this story is important. I think this little per, this little girl's story. She's a little kid still. She's eighteen and she lost her childhood. Right. I yeah. think it's just important to tell this story and get as much people to hear about this. So yeah. at least if those two people don't go to prison for what they did, they won't be able to be in society anymore without people knowing they're monsters. You know what I mean? So I think people yeah. should watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you haven't already, give it a watch. And yeah. uh, Kim, do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's always weird to plug stuff. Yeah. On after, an episode like this. <laughs> yeah. After it's like, God, I feel so icky and sad. 
you it know, yeah. and angry. Um, but you know the regular stuff. I'm Kim Carl. Just follow me on Instagram, and I have some shows. I have some shows coming up in late August, so I'm putting those up on my uh, calendar at kimcarl.com. I have a book and a podcast. Crawlspace, K R A L S P A C E. What about you, Adam? Well, I would say follow this show on Instagram, so you can we we try our best to say ahead of time what we're going to be watching. And sure, I'll post ahead of time that we're watching this six part documentary but also i'm <laughs> going to be posting that the day before this goes up so i hope everyone has fun watching the curious case of natalia grace tonight yeah it's going to be a long night actually it's, it's not it goes the episodes at least are short they're like and it goes quickly like you kind of yeah. like you want to watch it you want to be like what because the first half you think it's an orphan situation like the yeah it's too the, long but just a little too long yeah like, there's a lot going on that you'll see just watch just it. Just watch it. Just watch it. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram. And I think that's it. Hey, Kim, let's get out of here. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>